the best of times, live from the KWKH studios in Shreveport, Louisiana. Celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, Architects listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of the Best of Times News, the only news magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. I thank you for tuning into our show today and also thanking those who are listening via the internet at www.kwkhonline.com. In just a few minutes, we're going to hear from New York Times best-selling author Steve Barry about his new book, The Jefferson Key. You're going to find this show very interesting. It is Saturday, July the 30th, and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studios of AM 1130 KWKH, a town square media radio station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded for broadcast, so we'll be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. We want to thank the many who have already come out to visit the Remember and Shreveport Win the Exhibit at the Louisiana State Exhibit Museum. Uh, located on Greenwood Road. Be sure to remind your family and friends and visitors to visit the exhibit going on now until August the 13th. Our July issue, The Best of Times, is available at very, very few of our locations. We want to, again, thank you for picking up a copy and thank you for the wonderful compliments about this issue which honors the brave men and women at Barksdale Air Force Base. Remember that you can always view and download current and past issues of Best of Times from our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. Be sure to pick up our August issue of the Best of Times, which will be available on August the 1st, which will feature on how to record the stories of the past to pass along to your family family and friends. And also this issue will announce the details of our upcoming Poker Rally Contest. So be sure to pick up a copy on August 1st at most of our 528 distribution locations. Our friends at Senior Medicare Patrol the State of Louisiana has received recent reports from senior citizens in Louisiana who have received telephone calls from someone pretending to be with the Medicare program. The caller says that they are sending you a new Medicare card, but they need your banking information. One senior reported that she received the same call three different times from different persons in one week. Some of these calls are coming from the area code of 347. Remember that Medicare does not call your home to ask you to confirm your Medicare number, and they never ask you for your bank account number. Do not give out your Medicare number to telephone solicitors, salespeople, or people that you are not familiar with. Medicare can be billed time and time again whenever some person gets your number and will start billing for services that you did not want have and not authorized. To report Medicare fraud, call toll-free 1-877-272-8720. Again, that's toll-free 1-877-272-8720. 
Our friends at the Robinson Film Center will host its August Silver Screenings on Tuesday, August the 16th at 10.30 a.m. with the classic film His Girl Friday, starring Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell, Ralph Bellamy, and Gene Lockhart. For the $14 price, you will enjoy the movie and have lunch at Abbey Singer's Bistro. The Robinson Film Center is located in downtown Shreveport at 617 Texas Street. Reservations are required by calling 459-4122. As a special announcement, I am seeking one radio listener to join me to participate in the upcoming Celebrity Charity Poker Challenge that will take place on Sunday, August the 7th at 2 p.m. at the Poker Room at the Horseshoe Casino in Bossier City. My guests must be 21 years of age or older to participate in this event. There is no fee or buy-in to participate in this poker challenge, and the winner will receive $5,000 to be donated to charity. If you are interested in me selecting you to be part of this particular challenge, please send me your name, address, phone number, and email address, as well as a brief statement of why you would like to participate in this event. To the best of times, Charity Bowl, Charity Poker Challenge, P.O. Box 19510, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71149. In continuation of our 10th anniversary celebration, the Best of Times will host a unique contest in August, the Poker Run Rally. Contestants will have an opportunity to visit 21 area businesses to pick up sealed envelopes containing a poker card to have a five-card poker hand to win one of 25 prize packages totaling over $5,000. We remember it begins, will begin on August the 5th, continuing on to August the 23rd. Then there will be a judging event and business expo on Wednesday, August the 24th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Harris, Louisiana Downs in Bossier City to determine the 25 winners. And we will be giving away lots of door prizes, information, fun, and entertainment. Of course, it's free admission and lots of door prizes to be awarded beginning at 1 p.m. The winners of the poker rally will be announced at 1 p.m., beginning at 1 p.m. from the stage. Be sure to pick up your your August issue of the Best of Times to learn more about this upcoming contest. And again, we look forward to being, for you to be part of our contest and to possibly win one of these fabulous 25 prizes. Again, there's no charge to be a contestant, so we invite you to participate as well as to visit the Judging and Business Expo on August the 24th. Remember, in when Shreveport, the exhibit will continue on until August the 13th. It is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Louisiana State Exhibit Museum located at 3015 Greenwood Road. You don't want to miss this particular opportunity to see memorabilia of the past in the Shreveport area. Join us today from 12 to 4 uh, for music with Buddy Flett and his friends. And also we'll be having a Shreveport trivia quiz from 2 to 3 p.m. on today, July the 30th. Again, we, we encourage you to come out and join us today at Remember and Report when the exhibit. We'll be right back, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130, KWKH. Gary's got more of the Best of Times for you coming on the Home of the Legends, AM 1130, KWKH. 
A.H. with Gary Caligas. Welcome back to my show, the Best of Times Radio Hour. I'm Gary Caligas. I thank you for listening to our radio show today and also thanking those who are listening via the Internet at www.kwkhonline.com. Joining me on my show as a special guest is internationally known author and history advocate, Steve Barry. Thank you, Steve, for joining us here today on the Best of Times Radio Hour. It's great to be here. Steve, I will tell you that I have found your new novel, The, the Jefferson Key, to be remarkable. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're, I appreciate it. You always wonder when you write a book and you put it out there whether anybody will, will like it or, or appreciate it. It's always nice to hear when people actually, uh, you know, kind of enjoy the story and get the story. I mean, I read it and then I actually reread it again uh, because there's so, many, so much detail and so much items. And I, I will tell all my listeners, Steve is a remarkable author, um, a, a, an attorney by profession as well, but um, he writes in a way that's very easily to, to follow, and it's not, it, it, it's complex sometimes, but it's not complex, and uh, I like your style, and the other thing I, I've told everybody that I've lectured to, and on this radio show you've been before, is he gives a little bit of writer's notes at the end of his books that tells you a uh, majority, uh, a description of what's fact and what's fiction, Right. I do that, yeah. I spend a lot of time on that writer's note. It takes me about a week to write it. I go through the whole book page by page, line by line, because I, I don't think it's fair that readers read a book like this and say, well, well God, that can't be real. But, you know, about 90% of what I use in the book is real, and I want the readers to know that. So uh, I, I always do it. I, but I will caution. I always tell readers, please don't read that first. Yeah. It will give away the whole story. Yeah, I mentioned that yesterday to a presentation that I gave to a, um, a group of about 150 people, and, and they said, uh, well, one person raised his hand and says, no author does that. <laughs> and I said, yes, there is an author. His name is Steve, <laughs> Steve Barry, and he does that. I uh, want you to know, it's not fair for me to, 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 to know. What's really cool, though, is when you go back and read the writer's note, and it's something that you just swore was false. Yeah. But it's not. And that's usually the case. Uh, as I said, I keep it about 90% to reality. I, I have to twist it up just a little bit because it is a novel, and I have to keep that entertainment factor in there. So there's a little bit of twist up, and i let you know where that is. And, and I like it, though. You use your writer's notes, and you also, what I did was, in some of the items in, in this particular book, I Googled them and found out the historical, some of the, the de- you don't go into great detail. You could spend 500 pages in your writer's notes if you oh, really yeah, want yeah. it. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it takes a, I usually keep it, you know, somewhere around 1,000 words. 1,200 words to keep it pretty tight. That's why I spend a lot of time on it going through and, and hitting the highlights. What I, what I really want is what you did. I want the readers to go and, and to uh, kind of investigate it on their own. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to talk about some of his other books uh, that he's written. And by the way, Steve, I will tell you, I'm one of your big fans, and you have a big fan in our area, in the Shreveport, North, or Northwest Louisiana area, in the Arklatex. I have so many people have come up to me and thanked me for introducing you to them. And I know our bookstores love me. <laughs> and I know that Amazon.com loves me, too. So. We, we, like, we like it, too. <laughs> and, I, and, and I have given your website out. By the way, we're going to mention a couple of times. It's Steve Berry. That's S-T-E-V-E Berry, B-E-R-R-Y dot O-R-G is his website. He has a fabulous website and uh, a lot of great information out, uh, on that website, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So your latest book, The Jefferson Key, tell our listeners a little bit about it. 
Well, four presidents have been assassinated in our history in, in 1865, 1881, 1901, and 1963. And what if they were all killed for the same reason? And that reason is a clause in the United States Constitution, a clause that's real. It's in Article One, Section 8. It's been there since the very beginning. It was put there by the founders. And it's a fascinating clause. It's a clause that gives Congress the power to grant letters of mark. And letters of mark is a power whereby Congress hires a pirate to work for the government. And the pirate becomes a privateer working for the government and can go out and steal and plunder and do anything on behalf of the United States government. And I think 99% of all Americans would be shocked to know that that power is in our Constitution, but it is there. And so I wove a, a thriller with it using my recurring character, Cotton Malone, who comes home for the very first time. He's always been overseas with his adventures in Europe and Asia and China, but this time he's come home to America for the very first domestic adventure. And, uh, you know, I, I, brought a, I brought the fact up at a recent um, presentation I gave, and I was, I, somebody asked me who's going to be on your radio show, so I mentioned that you're going to be on our upcoming, this radio show today, and uh, they wanted to know more about this book, so I gave them a little snippet of it, but I mentioned about the clause in the United States Constitution, and I had one lawyer said that that's been repealed. <laughs> no, it's, it's, in the, it's not in the amendments. It's in the main body. It's in Article One, Section Eight. Article One is part of the main body of the Constitution, written by the framers, adopted by the thirteen by the colonies, uh, and it was put there on purpose. Was what was the purpose? Because privateers were very important at that point in time. Privateers won the American Revolution. It was the privateers who went over and staked out the English coast and brought the English economy to its knees. They got the king to finally say, okay, enough, because the merchants and the bankers raised so much hell that he had to end the war. That's how the war actually was ended, is from the pressure privateers put on the English economy. So privateering was a big deal, and so Congress wanted that power, and they gave themselves that power in the Constitution. So were other countries having that particular uh, letter of mark? At that time, it was a very common thing used all over the world because navies were expensive. And this was a cheap way to create your own navy because you basically (laughs) give the, the pirate the right to do what pirates do, but they don't get prosecuted for it as long as they do it to our enemies. And there were about 800 privateers in the American Revolution. And then they happened again in the War of 1812. They helped bring that conflict to an end. And then after that, they faded. We quit using privateering. It was outlawed worldwide in 1860 at the Paris Convention. There's one catch to that. Two countries did not sign that treaty. One was Spain, and the other was the United States. We never signed the treaty outlawing privateering worldwide. So privateering still exists. It could be used in this country. It could be done. And the Constitution gives Congress the specific power to do it. Well, that is an interesting clause. I mean, oh, when, I, when I read, when I pulled out my little copy of the Constitution that one of our congressmen gave me, I, I said, wow, it is, it is definitely there. And, uh, yeah, and it, it's a pretty neat power. It's uh, one of those one of those powers that 
Americans know very little about because it's been sitting dormant for about 200 years. So, so again, let's give a little bit of snippet. I, I, uh, I don't want to. We don't want to give away every this every information about this book, but it is a page turner that you will not want to put down after you start it. Is that right? That's the idea: is to keep you turning and keep you interested. And Cotton comes home, and Cassiopeia Vit comes with him, and they get caught up in this uh, uh, adventure with some modern day American pirates who possess letters of mark. And they get caught up with these pirates, and they deal with a mystery concocted by Andrew Jackson and a code that was created that was used by Thomas Jefferson. The code is real; it was uh, given to Jefferson by a friend of his. He considered it unsolvable, and it really was not solved until 2007, when modern computers finally discovered the mathematical key to solve this particular code. And that's where the title came from: the Jefferson Key. So I used the real code from Jefferson. Uh, I used uh, you know pirates, but not as Hollywood pirates. I wanted you to know what <laughs> pirates were really like. Pirates had a fascinating society with fascinating rules, and they were a very interesting group of people. Nothing like what Hollywood has depicted. So the reader's going to learn what pirates were, were really like. And uh, then, of course, you know the clause in the Constitution, presidential assassinations figure in. It's a good romp up the eastern seaboard. We go to Bath, North Carolina, which was Pirate Central 250 years ago. We go to uh, the Jefferson Hotel in Richmond, which is a lovely place. We go to Monticello. Washington, D.C., New York City, Nova Scotia. It's a lot of fun. It's a good romp up and down the English, English uh, up of the American seaboard. And, you know, that's one thing about your books, I will tell you. You, you bring us to those areas where maybe we've never been, and you, you do describe the areas in a, in a way that it puts us there. I mean, I, I, will, I will compliment you on that one as well. There's many compliments, but that, that's one thing. I had not been in some of those particular areas, and uh, you do describe the area. Did you, did you do some research and actually visit some of these oh, locations? Yeah, I, was, I went to all of those places other than Nova Scotia. I did not go up there, but a friend of mine did, and she spent a, a few days up there, and she took pictures and brought me back everything I needed to use Nova, for Nova Scotia. But Bath, North Carolina is a fascinating little place. It used to be, as I said, Pirate Central. Now it's a sleepy little village of about 200 people. It's a fascinating place there on the eastern part of North Carolina. The Jefferson Hotel, we were there. We were in Monticello for a day where all of the scenes you see in the book were mapped out. The Hyatt Hotel in Washington, in, in New York City, where the opening occurs, I did all of that while I was there at the Hyatt. And, uh, yeah, uh, we, we put, put it all together. We made a about four research trips for this novel, and you know that is that is really cool that you've actually been there, done that, not just uh, read about it. That you you, you get a little perspective of being, being those locations. Yeah, and you, you learn things on the ground that you would not know know. You know, from a book or a photograph, it's better to, to do it. I wish I could have gone up to Mayhome Bay in Nova Scotia, but there was no time to, to go up there. That's a part of the world I would like to visit. It seems like a beautiful place. So, again, going back to this article, uh, 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, um, do we know how, how often it has, it has been utilized? Yeah, well, in the very beginning of the Republic, it was used uh, quite a bit uh, up until 1814, uh, letters of mark. About 300 letters of mark, 400 or so, were issued during the War of 1812. Uh, after the War of 1812, there aren't any. They pretty much died away. They didn't use them in the... Um, in the Civil War, even though the South did. The South had privateers, but the North did not use privateering. Um, so it's pretty much sat dormant 
since 1814. After 9-11, uh, Ron Paul wanted to resurrect it, to use it against our enemies then, but the idea didn't gain much traction. <laughs> wow. Ron Paul tried to do to uh, reinstitute it. Hmm. Yeah, there was a there's an article uh, in a newspaper that I read in which he suggested that we ought to use Article One, Section Eight, Letter of Mark Power, and get some people to go after our enemies and give them the power to do it for us. It, well, your central character in this book, Cotton Malone, is, is a pretty awesome dude. I tell you, he he. Uh, uh, wow, I, I can't I can't describe him. Uh, as he's kind of an ordinary guy. That's what yeah. makes him kind of cool. He's a, he's not a superhero. He's not a he's not a Daniel Craig, James Bond guy. He's a he's an ordinary guy who can do extraordinary things at times. He he can rise up and do it. He he has to work for a living. He's got an ex wife. He's got a child that has some problems with his relationship with that. He's got employees he has to deal with. He has all the pressures and things that we all deal with. But then every once in a while he gets thrown into something quite extraordinary and he. And he's very good at, at dealing with that. But he screws up. He makes mistakes. He overestimates. He underestimates. And I think that's why people like him, because he's a lot like they are. He is. And uh, he does mistakes. He learns from his mistakes. And, and he, uh, does he, he does He improves. I mean, yeah, I, and, I've, and I've he, seen that and in and all in your end, novels. Huh? In the end, he, he rises up and gets the job done. And that's true. That is that, definitely true. Uh, so, again, this is what... What do you describe these books as? Historical thrillers? No, no. These are international suspense thrillers. International suspense thrillers. International suspense thrillers. Uh, they just have a historical angle. There's something lost from the past, something still relevant today. That, that's the kitsch. But these are basically international suspense thrillers, yes. And, you know, it, and it, it captures the imagination, even though maybe a, a reader may not... You know, care less about the Constitution, but you know, you you blend it in. It's not the central central theme, but huh. it, it is part of it, right? No, it's just it's, uh, what I call the the cool, the ooh factor. You need an ooh factor in a book where people kind of go ooh. And this one has a couple. It has that clause in the Constitution. Also has pirates. It has you know codes from Thomas Jefferson, a mystery from Andrew Jackson. It has several ooh factors. But you try to find some of those cool things where people say, "Well, I want to know more about that," and 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 then you weave a, a modern day mystery around. Was it common fact that Thomas Jefferson liked ciphers and and yes. and uh, you know things like that? Yes, very common. He was very big on codes. He was a member of a society that dealt with codes. Uh, he used them during his presidency for communications between his ambassadors. Uh, yes, codes were uh, something he did. He created something called a cipher wheel, which I use in the book. Uh, there's, there's only one in the world uh, that uh, the Monticello people have. They don't have it on display in the house, but I put it in the house. I see that's where I tripped up something. See there, I, <laughs> and I told you that in the writer's note. I said there is a cipher wheel. It was created by Jefferson, but it's not on display in the house itself. So I had to trip it up just a little there. So do we know? Do we know where it's at? Yes, it's in the. They keep it in a off a site off site at Monticello. Have they uh, made a duplicate of the dude? They do. They the duplicate one that's in the book, the one that's made out of plastic that's down in the visitor center, is real. Oh, okay. I played on it for a while, and uh, now the fact that it's an exact copy of the original one, I made that up, and I said uh, that in the writer's note too. I said yeah. I made that up. I don't. I don't know. It may be. I didn't ask that question when I was there. But, oh. uh, so, I, but I wanted it to be in my book, so I, I put it there, and that does exist down there. It's in the children's center where you can play with it. Wow. Okay, uh, and again, Cassiopeia uh, is involved in this particular um, 
novel as well, right? Yes. She was in The Emperor's Tomb. She came back, and her and Cotton's relationship is beginning to change and to evolve. And this book marks some more changing and evolving of that relationship as they begin to uh, discover one another, good and bad. So they, uh, there's a little bit of change going on there between the two of them, which is uh, pretty interesting. There's a good dynamic going on there. They, they basically come to New York for a date. They're coming up for a date, and they get caught in this uh, whirlwind of 32 hours that drives them uh, in this adventure. And it is a whirlwind adventure right at the beginning of this book. It captured my attention very quickly, and I didn't want to put it down for many, many pages. So uh, That's the idea. And you did a good job in that one, Steve, I tell you. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130 KWKH. There's more of the best of times to come on the home of the legends, AM 1130 KWKH. More of the best of times on the home of the legends. AM 1130 KWKH with Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour. I'm Gary Kaligas. I thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those who are listening via the Internet at www.kwkhonline.com. Joining me on my show today is internationally known author, best-selling author, and history advocate Steve Barry. Steve, thank you again for being part of the Best of Times Radio Hour today. Glad to be here. Uh, in addition to your, we're talking about, initially talking about his new book, which is called The Jefferson Key. Uh, I want to encourage all my listeners out there to pick up a copy of that. It is available on many sites. You can go to Steve's site and order it at steveberry.org. You can visit the bestoftimesnews.com uh, website and order it via amazon.com and, or go to your local bookstore. By the way, Steve, I went to a local bookstore. We won't mention their name. Uh, and I asked them, do you have a copy of the Jefferson Key? And they said, no, he ran out. They need to get more. <laughs> they need to get more. There's uh, more. We can send them some more. Uh, no, you can't. I, uh, because I asked them specifically. I just went to the front. Is the Jefferson Key? No, we don't have any more. Oh, okay. Uh, so hopefully they'll have some uh, next week when my readers and listeners of the Best of Times will go there again and ask him for a copy of the uh, Jefferson Key by Steve Barry. I agree. Uh, in addition, let's say you have, what's the total number of book count? I, have, I can't count here. Uh, this is book 10. Book number 10. Wow. So number 10 is a, is, a, is you know, 10 books is totally remarkable. And your, your book that we talked about uh, several months ago, which is fascinating, it was another fascinating book and story and blends in history and blends in suspense and thriller, is The Emperor's Tomb. Uh, Steve, I will tell you that a lot of the oil people now in around oil and gas and Haynesville Shell and, uh, and around the northwest Louisiana and Arklitex area were fascinated about this book, and I know a lot of them have read it. Yeah, that deals, it is with a very interesting theory of oil, the difference between abiotic and biotic oil, and whether oil could perhaps be infinite. It's a, it's a very interesting argument whether oil could be infinite or not. Uh, the Russians think it could be. And I came across that theory, and that's when I put the novel, or, you know, The Emperor's Tomb deals with that novel. The Emperor's Tomb is a cool book because it's a book about China. That, that, is, that it's a, Really, it's a book about oil that has nothing to do with the Middle East. Right. 
nothing whatsoever to do with the Middle East. It deals with something in the first emperor's tomb in China. It's a very interesting place because the Chinese, 2,500 years ago, did something no one else on the planet did. They actually drilled for oil. 2,500 years ago. 2,500 years ago. 2,500 years ago, they drilled for oil. Pretty pretty incredible. So I, uh, I wove a story around that. And you, and you also educated the reader about some of the, the, the Chinese and the emperor's uh, philosophy, dynasty rules, and I thought that was quite... I never knew a lot of that information. Yeah, I didn't know much about China either, and I wanted to try to get the American reader to get some appreciation of, the, of China and its background and history. So there's some in there, and it figures in with the book very interestingly, the, the, the things that we came across. It was, it was informative to me, and, and, I, and, I, and I hope it was informative to the readers of that book. And as we mentioned earlier, in all of Steve Barry's books and novels, he ha- he does have writer's notes that does explain a uh, majority of what is in the book that is fact and what is fiction. So, uh, and especially in every book that I've read, including The Emperor's Tomb, you do a great job in your writer's notes. Thank you. That, that one, particularly in the Empress Tomb, is very detailed because I wanted to, to, to delineate all of this between the, the various biotic and abiotic oil theories and all of that. And hopefully, I, you know, people went out and checked it out and learned some more about it. Uh, definitely, and yours truly did. I will tell you that for a fact. Gary Cleggis at the best of times really were fascinated by it. Other books included the Paris Vendetta. Uh, give her, give our listeners a little bit, a snippet about that one. That's a neat story, really. It's, uh, it takes place in Paris. Over about a 25-hour period, it's very fast. Cotton Malone is drug into something there with his old friend, Henrik Trevallison. And it deals with Napoleon and what happened to Napoleon's lost wealth. Napoleon was one of the greatest plunderers of all time, and he... Uh, <laughs> He stole a lot, and nobody knows where it all ended up. They still don't to this day. don't know where it all ended up. So uh, that was part of that uh, story, along with there's also some interesting things in there about modern-day financial manipulation. And that's interesting. It may sound kind of old hat now, but when I wrote the book, it was before all of the collapse happened. And so it deals with some pretty interesting things that about a year after the book was published, it happened in real life. And that was when I read that, I said, "Wow, did he know something?" <laughs> yeah, I read it. It was, it was before. It was long. If you read it now, you go, "Well, he's just telling us what happened." Yeah. He just tell you, "No, I wrote the, I wrote it before it happened." Uh, one other thing: have have they ever is still somebody still looking for Napoleon's um, That's bounty? A good that's a good question. Where the treasure hunters are looking for it, I stumbled across the uh, the thing one day that you know he just he was he was the greatest plunderer of all time. He stole and stole and stole, and they they don't even have accountings of all the stuff he stole. He stole so much, and yeah, that's he was he believed that the conqueror had the right to the spoils, and that's what he believed, and so he he took them, and they they still don't know where all of it ended up. The Vatican, you know, he he looted the Vatican. He's one of the you know few people in the in all of history who actually made it into the Vatican and looted it, and they still contend that there's stuff missing that, oh. that he took. They didn't get it all back. So uh, I just use that as, my, as some of the basis of the story, and it, it's a good story. It's, a, it's, a, it's a very fast-paced. It takes place really quick. Uh, a lot happens in that book, and there's a big surprise in that book for, my, for the readers. There's something that will shock the readers in there. And it does. Yes. Uh, before we, we talk about all the books, you have what's called the Cotton Malone series, right? There's some yes. the books that that have Cotton Malone as the main character, correct? Yes, there's seven of those. And let's let's tell our listeners, listeners what those are. Started with the Templar. 
Butler legacy. That was where he was born. And then he continued in the Alexandria link and then the Venetian betrayal, the Charlemagne pursuit, the Paris vendetta, the Emperor's tomb, and now the Jefferson Key. Okay, so we've talked about uh, all, but uh, the Charlemagne pursuit was... Tell our listeners a little snippet about that book. Very interesting story. That's a personal story dealing with Cotton and his father, what happened to his father 30 years ago, which is alluded to in some of the prior books, but now he deals with that. It's, uh, it deals with Charlemagne and the concept of how you know, Charlemagne was way ahead of his time. <laughs> he lived to be 74 at a time when you died in your 20s. He ruled for 47 years when you barely could make it to five. He was very progressive. He was a very uh, way ahead of his time, and that makes you wonder, did he have some help? And so I wove a, a modern-day thriller around that, uh, of what happened uh, with that. And it deals with Antarctica. It deals with a, a, a top-secret submarine, which is real. It actually existed in the American uh, arsenal. Uh, it deals with some uh, the, the, the Robert Byrd expedition to Antarctica in 1948, which is still classified to this day. Uh, it's still classified? Still, still classified to this day. That, that those, the records from that expedition are still mm. classified. Uh, so it's a, it's a very interesting uh, story. It's one of my favorite stories. It's a very personal story with Cotton Malone and his father, and it has a very, very spooky ending. The other, uh, one of the other Cotton Malone series books is The Venetian Betrayal. Give our listeners a little bit snippet about that one. Neat, neat story dealing with Cassiopeia. You get to learn and know a little bit more about her. Uh, it deals with uh, Central Asia and what would happen if all of the Stans in Central Asia got together and created a federation. And there's a, uh, my first female bad person is in that book. <laughs> bad person in that book is uh, Irina Zovastina, who's the president of the Central Asian Federation. And uh, women were very dominant in that area of the world. They were politically dominant throughout history, so it was natural that a woman would be in charge there. And she and, is uh, a bad woman. Wow. She's a very bad woman. Yeah. This, is, this is the only book of mine that deals with kind of uh, a world domination type of theory. I don't really use those theories very much. Someone's going to conquer and take over and do all of this. This book has elements of that. It's the only one of the mind that, that really do. And uh, Cotton gets drug into this really interesting adventure, and they're looking for the lost tomb of Alexander the Great. Yep. Yep, that's what they're after. And uh, it's quite fascinating. Every book's quite fascinating, but some of the, some of the blending of history and... Uh, uh, again, the, the suspense and thriller, and this one really caught my attention. Uh, the Alexandria, Alexandra Link. Tell us about that one. That is a really cool book. It deals with something from the Old Testament. It's a theory. It's a. It's a. I wove a thriller around something from the Old Testament. Uh, you know, when, when Abraham stood and looked out to the land, and God said, "All of the land you see is yours." which basically would have become the, the, the home of, of the Israelites. This is, this is all of the land you see is yours. Where was he standing? No, nobody knows. Nobody knows where he was standing. And there's a theory that he wasn't standing in the Holy Land right where we know the Holy Land. Whoa. He was standing about a, a thousand miles south in western Arabia in the holiest place of Islam is where he was actually standing. And it's a theory by a Lebanese scholar by the name of Kamal Salibi. And so I wove a thriller with Cotton Malone around this theory. It's a very interesting theory. I think one person called it the Jewish Da Vinci Code. Oh. They called it. It, was like it, it does for, the, for, the, for Judaism what, what Da Vinci Code did to Catholicism. 
but uh, I don't look at it that way. It's just an interesting, it's just one of those interesting uh, stories. I was very fascinated by that story. I like that story a whole lot. Uh, Cotton Malone deals with his ex-wife, Pam, who comes there, and he has to deal with her, and it's very fascinating. Uh, their interaction, you learn more about Cotton's background as a family man and, and what happened to his marriage. And uh, and this really neat thing from the Old Testament uh, that, uh, that that really could be real. This theory is the one theory that Arabs and Jews both despise mm. for totally different reasons. And there's a very simple way to prove the theory, but... The uh, Saudi Arabians will not allow any archaeological digging in West Arabia. All you have to do is do some digging there to prove this theory or disprove it. They will not allow anyone to dig there. And and the the why you have the Alexandra is the what what was in Alexandria? Yeah, this uh, what's dealing with that is the lost library of Alexandria. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing from the past uh, that. Uh, that I that I use in the Alexandria link, the library that disappeared uh, in the fifth century. The Templar legacy. Uh, great story. That was my. That's when Coppola was born. That was his birthplace, and it deals with something you know the coolest thing you know, around is the Templars, mm-hmm. not the Hollywood thing. I used to feel <laughs> Templars what they were like again. You're going to learn what they were really like, and this deals with a very interesting concept. Uh, a uh, very con- interesting concept from the New Testament. My three religious books were The Third Secret, The Templar Legacy, and The Alexandria Link. Those are my three books that dealt with religion. All my others don't deal with that. So that was my little venture into those. Uh, temp- uh, Third Secret was Catholics. Uh, Templar Legacy was Protestants. Alexandria Link was Judaism. So I hit them all. You did hit them all. Hit them all. Uh, that's equal opportunity, right? That's right. Uh, they, can't, they can't accuse me of being uh, uh, biased. So these are the seven books that are part of the Cotton uh, Malone series. And then you have some standalone ones. Which, uh, one is the third secret. Third secret. And then the Romanoff prophecy deals with what happened to Nicholas II's two children that, whose bodies were only recently found. I wrote this book a long time ago, but they've only recently found the bodies. But still a cool story of what we it deal is. with with them in there. It's one of my favorite stories. And then The Amber Room was my first published book dealing with what happened to that great treasure that was stolen from Russia in 1941. And never seen again. Never seen again. Has it ever been found? Nope. Anybody still looking for it? Oh, God, yeah. There's people looking everywhere for it. But uh, I think it was destroyed during the war, so I don't think you'll ever find it. And the third secret deals with, uh, give us a little snippet about that. Third secret deals with uh, third secret of Fatima uh, and what happened at Fatima. And there's an interesting secret there. I caught a lot of flack for that book. I was damned to hell about 1,500 times. <laughs> Catholics were pretty tough on me during that book, but it's just fiction. I just made it up. I had an idea one day, what if God was a liberal? What if he wasn't a, a hardcore conservative? What if he was kind of a liberal, progressive, uh, kind of, you know, and we have it all wrong. We've got everything all wrong, and he's had enough, and he's going to change it. That book has a very positive message on uh, faith. And it a very is. negative message on religion. There's I, a difference I, between those two. I found it quite fascinating. I mean, yeah, I, and, and I took it to grain. You know, just like some other books, you got to take it as uh, as uh, you know, not, as a story and not not fact and not uh, real. Not, not real. real. I made it up. I made the whole thing up, and I've been damned to hell because they say that God did this out, and I think God knows that I made it up. Oh. He's, he's a pretty smart person, and he's figured out that I made it up.
We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130 KWKH. There's more of the Best of Times to come on the Home of the Legends, AM 1130 KWKH. More of the Best of Times on the Home of the Legends. AM 1130 KWKH with Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour. I'm Gary Kaligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Also, thanking those who are listening via the Internet at www.kwkhonline.com. Joining me on my show today is internationally known author, best-selling author, and history advocate Steve Berry. Again, thank you, Steve, for joining us here today on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Glad to be here. We've talked about all of his ten great books. I would encourage all of our readers out there and listeners of the Best of Times, if you haven't if you haven't read his books, you should do so. You can uh, go to his website at www.steveberry.org. He has a listing of all of his books and a little synopsis about all of them. Uh, you can also go to the bestoftimesnews.com website. We also have uh, a description of each one of his ten novels on our website or uh, just go by a local bookstore in the surrounding area and pick up one of the books you're going to find it fascinating a book any of his novels you will not want to put it down uh, my wife sometimes gets mad at me when I, I get your book Steve's and she says it's time to go to bed it's 3 o'clock in the morning and I said I'm going to blame that on Steve he told me to read it I don't know when to stop sometimes you know that's the bad thing about it you don't, you don't know when to stop well don't stop. I, hey, Keep going. Most of the times I do, but it's three o'clock in the morning, and I might have. I sometimes go back and reread things that I have I have forgot. But I but I want to you know again congratulate you. The, the, your current book, The Jefferson Key, is remarkable, and this is the the first book that you uh, have. The locale is uh, in the Americas, in in the United States, correct? Yes, the first time I, I knew that Cotton would come home at some point in time, and. Uh, would come home at some point, and so this was this was his time to come home. Hey, while I have you on the show, uh, what is our next thoughts for upcoming novels? You got any little snippets you're going to give up? Well, Cotton called me a few months ago, and he <laughs> told me that he was a little wore out, that I've been blowing up his bookshop and causing him problems. <laughs> he, he can't get any insurance for the place. He can't get anybody to work for him. He's just, he asked me if he could have a year off oh. to get his act together. So he's going to take a vacation next year. Oh. And I'm writing a standalone for the, for the first time in a while. Okay. And it's a cool standalone. It's going to be the same kind of thing, action, history, secrets, conspiracy, international settings, but a new set of characters, totally different kind of guy, totally different type of... Of uh, motivation, he's a he's a disgraced newspaper reporter who gets Uh-oh. thrown into something quite extraordinary and quite amazing. That he gets into something really neat from history, and and then Cotton's going to come back in 2013 with a story dealing with Gary, his son, okay. and he'll be back uh, then. Uh, it's an interesting tale. It's going to take place in England. So uh, he's going to take a year off and be back. And hopefully if people like this new guy, he might come back again one day. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I'm glad you told us here today on the Best of Times. And we'll, we'll anticipate that. I know over a year ago you told us about the Jefferson Key, and I was fascinated. I just couldn't wait for it to come out. You'll like this new one, too, because it's, it's something from history no one's ever touched it before. I've never seen it done in, in fiction at all. I came across it a few years ago, and I was able to put this uh, thriller together. I just got back from Prague. I was there to do some research, and I was in Jamaica earlier. So there's a connection between Prague and Jamaica, which is kind of mm. interesting. 
Boy, you, you got my you got my uh, thinking cap going on here. I'm, I can't wait. Besides being an internationally best-selling writer, you were also a philanthropist, correct? Uh, we do. We have a History Matters Foundation. And explain to our listeners a little bit about that. Well, Elizabeth and I were traveling all around, and we kept seeing that there's just no money for historic preservation anymore. It's all gone. So we had to come up. We decided to come up with a way to help out, some way we could help raise some money for historic preservation. And we came up with History Matters. And what it is is, is uh, I'll show you how it works. We had a community call us. Uh, the, uh, the Virginia uh, Library of Virginia called and said, we have our money to restore our old rare books is gone. We need some money to restore books. So we went up and we put on a writer's workshop in the, at the Library of Virginia. And I taught writing for five hours. You bought your way in with a $100 contribution. Uh, I taught a very intense class on the craft of writing. And we raised a little over $10,000 that afternoon to help restore restore about 10 books. We've done about nine of these around the country. I've raised about $65,000, and I've taught about 650 students. And it's just a unique way to raise money from a group of people, writers, who might not otherwise contribute to historic preservation, but they will contribute to their craft. And I act as a conduit where that money can go where it gets needed because I don't charge to come. I don't charge anything to do those seminars. I I donate all of my time and expenses to do it. And, you know, we've done very well with it. We've got uh, one coming up in Seattle, Washington. That will happen uh, the first week in August. And then we have one in um, uh, Illinois, in uh, uh, Charleston, Illinois, that will take place in September. And we have another one in Connecticut and uh, in November. And all of that, you, know, you can look on uh, my website, steveberry.org. All of those are there. Yeah, I want to mention that you have all your speaking engagements as well as these particular events on your website. I've, yeah. I've been following you uh, for the past you know, several years on this particular website. And, uh, again, I want to compliment you on your, your, your love for history and this particular way to help communities throughout the area. I'm, I'm still trying to work on a project here for you to bring you to the Arklitex because I know we have a lot of... Uh, uh, Author to be people in the area that uh, that need to have a little bit of uh, education by you, and I think they would definitely you would be quite successful uh, coming to our particular area. You'll find me find us a project, and we'll put it together. We certainly look. We're looking for projects now for 2000, a few more for 2012 and 2013. We're taking a look at those already now. Well, again, thank you, Steve, for being part of the Best of Times Radio Hour. Again, I congratulate you on your fascinating book, The the Jefferson Key, and encourage all of our listeners out there to go pick up a copy soon. Um, I know that you've had a lot of accolades about this particular book, but also his other books are quite interesting. They blend in the history. They bring in, blend in thriller. Uh, they keep, they're a page turner that you just keep, want to keep on reading. And then at the end of his book, he does have remarkable uh, writer's notes that will, in, again, make you further investigate via Google, via, I hate to say encyclopedias, not many people have those books anymore. They, they'll go online to to research some of the items that he mentions uh, in the in the book and in his writer's notes. We hope so. Well, again, thank you for being part of the Best of Times Radio Hour. Again, visit Steve's website at steveberry.org. Have a great day, and congratulations again on another fabulous book. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130 KWKH. 
There's more of the best of times to come on the home of the legends. AM 1130 KWKH. More of the best of times on the home of the legends. AM 1130 KWKH with Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on AM 1130 KWKH. Do thank you for listening to our show today. Join us next Saturday, August the 6th here on the best of times radio hour, where I will have as a special guest, Vernon Hastings, to discuss how to help a person write those stories to pass along to your family members and generations in the future. We hope that you'll join us next week, same time, same station, here on AM 1130 KWKH. Please do thank our sponsors and advertisers who support our radio show and our news magazine, The Best of Times. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the August issue of The Best of Times, which will be available at most of our 528 distribution locations on August the 1st. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show today. Hope to see you today at 12 noon till 4 p.m. at the Louisiana State Exhibit Museum for Remember and Shreveport Win the Exhibit. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the best of times on the home of the legends, AM 1130 KWKH. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is KWKH Report.